Welcome, my friends. It is Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We are show number 23, and we are live from the back porch of McGonagall's Mucky Duck in Houston. Uh, and the reason we're live, even though we did a, an on-location show last week, uh, and they were really kind to let us come and use their facility here, is we had to be able to smoke this week because today is Pipe Smoking 101. Pipe Smoking with 101. With your pipe smoking professor, Mr. Ian Barry, how are you, brother? I'm doing good today. How are you doing I'm today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited because I've actually never, I mean, I think I've taken a couple of puffs, but I've never really smoked a pipe before, so this is going to be my learning process. Well, today. and here's one of the fun things I did is I brought a couple corn cob pipes made by the Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob mm-hmm. Pipe Company, and what's uh, unique about those particular pipes is it's hard to find a better smoking pipe. They cost 6 to $12. And It's hard to find a better smoking pipe under $60. Well, I was going to say, pipes can be really expensive. You're telling me unless you go north of about 60 bucks, yeah. the corn cob is actually better. Yeah, it's a better smoking pipe. Why is that? Is it something to do with the you, you know, know the actual they, quality they of the corn cob? some kind of magic or? that they put in their pipe. It's I magic. It I like it. Well, I thought this would be a perfect time to do a pipe show because we're getting close to Christmas, and you think of Santa Claus and the pipe, and it's just one of those, you, you think of the pipe more like sitting around like a big outdoor fire smoking a pipe yes, or yes. Uh, something like that. It's got a more wintry vibe to it uh, maybe than a summery vibe. So I thought this would be a great time. We'll break them out and you can show me how it's done and, and you know what the different tobaccos are and how it works. So. I will do. And as much as I love cigars, when it comes to wintertime, I tend to pull out pipes more. I think partially because it keeps your hand warm, too. <laughs> I like that idea. See, that, <laughs> that totally works. So we've got that uh, on the show. So we'll, we'll do quite a bit of talking about pipes. So pipe... Uh, Pipe aficionados, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the program today. We'll talk a little bit about cigars and, of course, craft beers and uh, some spirits. We'll be tasting the Three Nations Brewing Company GPA. That's their German Pale Ale. Mm. It almost looks like a generic can, but boy, is it not. So we'll get to that uh, on the show. And I brought one in that I thought you were going to be absolutely in love with, although I haven't tasted it. Uh, It's the North Coast Brewing Company Brother Thelonious Belgian style Abbey Ale. Okay, it spoiler looks, alert. Yes, I love that stuff. Okay, I see? drink it all the time. It is delicious. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I, I brought the, I brought it with you in mind. So so we'll it's have amazing. Fun. Yeah, we'll have fun tasting that. Plus, Pilsner Urquell is in the news, and we haven't tasted a real mainstream beer in a while. So I thought it would be a good uh, a good time to do a tasting on Pilsner Urquell. So we'll explain. Let's do it. We'll explain all of that. Plus. Um, smoking bans on outdoor spaces like the one we are in right now at the awesome Mucky Duck are growing. Um, we didn't get to the story last week, but I really wanted to share it with you about uh, Ocho Cinco, the football player, smoking during a lecture that he gave. At you the did University mention of that. I'm yeah, totally curious about absolutely that. Absolutely awesome. And, um, well, I'll just tell you the uh, Pilsner Urkel news now. AB InBev is selling. Pilsner or Cal. So, that seems backwards. Uh, it does, doesn't it? They seem to be acquiring everything, but they're selling this particular brand. So we'll tell you why. We'll talk about that. It's all coming up. Now, I didn't ask you. I don't know if you're prepared for this or not, but did you smoke anything uh, interesting? Did week? I smoke anything interesting? Actually, since we were getting prepped for the pipe show, I have been cleaning my pipes and uh, having some pipe tobacco, and I brought a few for us to try a little later. But one of the ones that I finished a jar of uh, just the other day is the Malt House uh tobacco from founders reserve and um this one right here is just fantastic we're going to review that later on the show yes now that sounds more like a a, i mean immediately i start thinking craft beers and that sort of a taste and a flavor is it is it something that sends you in that direction or is it completely it says blended matured and packed in the eec by dan tobacco's manufacturing this is actually the malt house is matured in um 
in uh, whiskey barrels. Now, how different is the aging and maturing process for pipe tobacco versus cigar tobacco? Um, well, pipe tobacco is going to be a lot more moist for right. one. So uh, I'm not entirely sure what all the uh, details are on it, but I know that the pipe tobacco, there's a lot of different ways to get flavor in it, and there's some basic tobaccos. But uh, one of the ways they do is they infuse tobaccos uh, with, with oil. Basically, they'll do oh. an overspray. Now, some of the Drew Estate does that a lot with sure, the cigars with, with as well. Sure, with their acid line. And right, the right. They do a lot of that. And uh, and some of those are pretty good. Or they do what's called a top coat on it sometimes as well, where they just spray on top of the tobacco mm-hmm. uh, instead of infusing the tobacco. And those all have different various effects on the flavor of the sure. tobacco. Different levels of flavor right. and whatever. And then some of the tobaccos themselves have so much sugar and flavor in it already that they just have their own uh, their own style, their own uh, flavors, and, and so the things. malt house. Where does it sort of rate? It's sort of well, the flavor profile. What is the it ones like? that I brought today uh, are all uh, what we refer to as an aromatic. Okay, these are all the kind of tobaccos where when someone walks by, they go, "That smells so good." Are th- are those the kind of pipe tobaccos that a cigar smoker like myself is going to be probably most likely to be interested yes, in? Yes, I brought a range of them. Uh, now, we don't generally think of pipe tobacco as, you know, um, as, as, as medium and full flavor and things right. like that. But most of these are going to, if you were to directly compare, most of them are going to be in the light to medium okay. uh, level. Um, you have to have some Syrian tobaccos and stuff like that if you want more of the heavier, fuller, more cigarette kind of tobaccos right. and stuff like that. Right. So I went with the fluffy stuff, and it's awesome. It's the my favorite. Stuff. Yeah, I it's my it. favorite kinds of <laughs> pipe tobaccos. Well, I will say that I uh, wanted to mention my sort of smoke something interesting thing for the week because I I went all out this week. You've been chomping at the bit. What and did you smoke? I smoked a super premium that I've had in the humidor for a long time. So here's what happens. First of all, I smoked the God of Fire uh, Siri B Double Toro. I haven't um, had one of those. So I've had this in the humidor for a long time, kind of waiting for a special occasion like like you and I would normally do with a super premium. With mm-hmm. anything that's over, you know, $18, yeah. you know, you're waiting for a special occasion. But, uh, you know, I had a birthday. I got married. I got, like, some stuff from you. Like, I've had across the last, you know, year an unusually high number of special occasion cigars given to me. So... <laughs> And believe me, I'm not complaining. It's just that I started to notice, like, there's all these in the humidor that I'm saving, uh, you know, for a special right. occasion. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll thin the herd by one. And 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 then I would, like looked at some, like one of the ones you gave me. I go, no, no, can't can't smoke that. It's not special enough. So I settled on the God of Fire. And uh, this you, is wait a second, you settled. I settled. On uh, yeah. The God well, of that's fire. the thing. I mean, I have a I have a Cuban Cohiba or a Cuban Punch or Cohiba. I believe uh-huh. it is that you gave me. I've got uh, one of the uh, really top in uh, Ashton uh, Sun Grown. The VSGs those are so uh, good. that my son-in-law gave me, like, and I've got an Opus X that you and I are waiting to smoke those together. So we're just like, I'm just like trying to figure out what can I smoke out of this little corner of the humidor, the the high end corner that would be okay. So I hope you can hear the air so, quotes. You settled. I settled. On, yes, on air the quote. God of Fire. Uh, okay. So uh, you know, I thought, what the hell? Uh, it is an absolutely gorgeous cigar. It's beautiful. Like, now, for, for everybody out there, it, who makes the God of Fire? Oh, uh, well, it's made by Arturo Fuente, awesome. uh, and they have. Have, um, you know, Fuente, they're the people that make the uh, Opus X. They're yep. the people that make the Don Carlos, which is one of the probably among cigar aficionados out of the old school brands. It's probably one of the most respected cigars 
out there, out of you know, yeah. out of just the brands that have been around for a long time. God of Fire is a newer iteration from these guys. It's been out about I want to say six or seven yeah. years. They've been making the God of Fire. So um, this this cigar is just beautiful. Like when you look at it, it's just absolutely f- flawless. It's like it's the prettiest girl in the room cigar. You know nice. what I mean? And uh, so when you uh, take your first sort of um, pull on it before you light it. It's got like some really nice flavors even that come through uh, with that. It's an Ecuadorian sun-grown Maduro wrapper with Dominican binders and fillers. So it's not like a super hardcore powerhouse, but it's loaded with flavor. That's going to uh, be a very smoky cigar, yes, too. Yeah. Yes, very, yeah. a lot of big, smoke. Big smoke. And then notes of raisin and dry wood, a little bit of cherry, kind of like a dried cherry, not a sweet cherry. Um and this wonderful cocoa flavor that just would not let go throughout the whole cigar. So it was it was a good, little bit of pepper on the back, which gave it you know just a tiny bit of a of a kick. I mean, you can tell when you smoke this that you are smoking a super premium cigar. I mean, you it smokes expensive. You know what you I mean? You sound so excited about it. I'm actually drooling a little bit. Well, I, I was, and then <laughs> when we get to the last thing I'm going to say is price to quality. I give it about a six and a half. Like, really? Yeah, and the reason is because it's a twenty-two dollar cigar. It's twenty-two dollar like, cigar, and it it isn't it. Uh, it stopped short of blowing my mind, and I think when I smoke a twenty-two cigar, a twenty-two dollar cigar, I want it to blow my mind. It was very good. Like if this were, if this were a twelve dollar cigar, the price to quality would be a, a ten. Like you, right. know, you know what I mean? Like because it's that good. But at twenty two dollars, you you want it to change your life. And maybe I'm just cheap. I don't know. But I don't smoke a lot of twenty two dollars cigars. So True. when I do, <laughs> I want I want it to just absolutely knock me on my ass. It and is. It, it it was very very good. It is though above average. Like five on a price to quality scale puts it exactly at the right price for the quality. And right. you put it a little above that, so right. it's still a very good cigar even at that price. Uh, I would I would say so. Yes. It, there's no question in my mind that it was one of the best cigars I've smoked in the last several weeks. But was it, you know, $12 better than the second best cigar I smoked? Probably not. You know what I mean? So I only actually know of one true 10 on the price to quality scale. And to me, that's a... That's a Camacho Triple Maduro. Okay, so we're going to have to talk about that because, see, I've had my Camacho issues. so we're gonna, Right, and the Triple yeah. Maduro seems to be somewhat exempt from those. Yeah, okay. I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's that blend. Maybe it's something about that blend. I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, I for years, loved and enjoyed Camacho as one of my easily top five favorite brands. And they really, I felt like, did not hold their quality together. But you're saying that this one's exempt from that. They... They they really kind of kind of did it all, did it all right. We have this to one. hang out this week and talk about that. All right. <laughs> I love this. I love when we get to this place. Okay, <laughs> pipe smoking one hundred and one coming up on this show. Plus, uh, I didn't mention this, but my business partner uh, at RFC Media, which uh, executive produces this show, uh, Pat Fant, will be here. He is a pipe guy, so I invited him to come and uh, smoke a pipe. With us. I don't know if he knows anything about pipes, but I know he has one and likes to smoke. Enthusiast so, is good. Yeah, we'll have him. We'll have him join us. And uh, he said he had some old stale tobacco he was bringing. I said, don't worry, Ian's <laughs> Ian's got Ian's got the tobacco. So uh, that's coming up. It's uh, there's a lot to do today, so we'll start tasting some beers in the next segment. It's sip, smoke, and savor. And help me understand Just tell me about your thoughts 
It Sip Smoke and Savor. Welcome back for the second segment. We are uh, doing the show out in the uh, back patio, which is a really nice area. The back patio of McGonagall's Mucky Duck in Houston. And I wanted to take a very quick moment uh, to thank our friends here at The Duck, which is what you know, we like to call it because that makes us feel like we're really tight with the you know with the people. Here. This is a great um, live music. It venue. really is, and it has a legendary reputation as a live music venue, particularly for acoustic stuff, mm-hmm. for like Americana, uh, country, and just like singer songwriter. So it's really like sort of the preeminent spot for that. And they yeah. do a little bit of everything as well, but it's the preeminent they spot for that. They do a lot of Irish music in here. They do, well. yes. As a matter of fact, they do. And they've got some good Irish beer on the menu. And speaking of beer, I just have to say, they won me over. Like I've always loved it as a music venue, but they won me over as just a place to hang out when I was here about a year ago trying to decide what kind of a beer to have. And I look at the beer menu, and they had the Lone Pint Yellow Rose which is my personal favorite You're beer such of a sucker all time. For that. I am. I'm like, all right, if they've got that on. And I said, do you actually have it, or is it just on my – oh, no, we have it. Uh, I was like, okay, love you guys. <laughs> You're you next to my heart. So, But they're a great live music venue. You can come down like any night, really, and see something uh, on the stage here that you will love, and that's that's a pretty cool Yeah, I think they do an open mic on Monday night, yes, too, which do. is usually pretty good. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually quite – Quite fun. So, so anyway, thanks to them for uh, for giving us the ability to do this because we needed to do an on location uh, show this week because we're going to be sampling some pipe tobacco and you're going to be showing me how to smoke a pipe. And well, I will walk you through the steps. And of course, my uh, my RFC media partner Pat Fant is here and he'll be joining us as we smoke some pipes here in just a little bit. First, though, I thought we should uh, taste our first beer, and I was going to give you this so you could create sound effects for us as you. As you do uh, so well, Ian. This is the uh, the GPA. It's the Three Nations Brewing Company German Pale Ale. Okay, I don't know how that came across, but I'm Bobby's smiling and nodding, so I guess we did good. So, that had to be good. Um, so uh, it turns out you and I have actually both tasted this before, but uh, we've not tasted it on the show, and I wanted to talk about it because I thought it was a really interesting beer, and it is one that, like, uh, if it has any sort of... Uh, Deficiency, it would be maybe just the packaging. It's kind of plain packaging, and that could get people to pass it up maybe in the uh, in the store. You know, if you're looking at it on the shelf, it does. And see the can. It, it doesn't necessarily jump out at you and go taste me. So uh, let me just say for the record, you should because yes. it's, it's it's a really uh, really good beer. Now so. I had this actually one evening at your house and. Uh I think I just reached into the cooler and grabbed whatever. Yep, I think it was one of those because mini beers in the cooler. I don't mind cooler being nights. surprised. The worst yes. case scenario is it's beer. Right, exactly. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's the so, worst that can happen, right. I think we're doing okay. But uh, I grabbed it out and I opened it up. I didn't even, I barely looked at the package. I was like, GPA, what does that mean? Well, it says and the I, above average beer. <laughs> right, it has an A plus right. around, circle around the A. So they're playing the on the whole GPA, you know, test score sort of. Uh, uh, sort of thing, I guess. But. Anyway, I took a big sip of it, and I just stopped there for a second and went, wow, that's not anything like what I was expecting, and it's really good. Well, a GPA is a German pale ale, and I'm not sure exactly how that differs from an India pale ale or an American pale ale, but I do like it's very hop forward, but not like it's not like a hop you to death kind of a beer. No, you know? it's it's got a lot of hop presence to it, but it doesn't hit you over the head with the hops, and also it has a lot of malt balance to it, right mm-hmm. in the middle and in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that 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 
that I just chewed on a pine cone kind right. of flavor. Exactly. Like you get some very like on some very uh, hop forward kind of beers. So I'm 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 digging it. I I think it's I think it, if you're a fan of either, I would say the IPAs or maybe like a stronger lager. Uh, this might have yeah. some appeal to you. Yeah, yeah. this is uh, this is a little bit stronger than what you'd get in a in a generally in a lager, and it's a five point two percent. So it's it's sessionable. It's, yeah, you know, it'll do its job though. Yeah. It's <laughs> definitely will do its job. It, but I it's think it's delicious. Stuff. It's such a good balanced beer, and uh, and that's what really attracts me to right. it. Is is from beginning to end, it's just got such great flavor. The whole um, the whole flavor journey is mm-hmm. is there. It's not like blowing you away with. Uh, with like you said, over the top pine cone hops, but it's uh, it's definitely got enough to to keep it interesting. It's got a multi finish. Usually, when you have something with 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 the uh, with the hoppiness in it, the hops finish it. But this actually has a sweet multi finish to it that I really enjoy. <laughs> Pat is here. Pat Pant is uh, joining us on the show, and uh, Pat is my uh, business partner in RFC Media that and crazy. in Sweet Radio, and he uh, likes him some beer, and he's a pipe smoker. So I wanted to invite him on for the show uh, this week to. Uh, to smoke pipes with us. Well, thank you. And, you know, when you were talking about GPA, yes, it reminded me of something that my daddy used to tell me, <laughs> this GPA beer. And I thought, hmm, what's that remind me of? He used to say, Patrick, the closest you'll ever get to a 4.0 GPA, first, the closest you'll ever get to a 4.0 in college will be your blood alcohol level. <laughs> <laughs> and now, wait a minute. And that's he was probably right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a great GPA line. Good you can GPA. Just yeah, I like throw it. that out yeah. there anytime. Yeah. And, uh, Little did your dad know, all these years later, he'd be here being I am. Yeah, right. Here I it's am. It's like a prophet. So, <laughs> it totally works. So, Ian, um, I'm going to share a story here while you maybe get us ready for our first uh, pipe smoking experience. On the show, did you decide what uh, tobacco we should start I with? I know I, you brought several. I'm gonna, I did. I did brought several tobaccos today, but I think I'm going to start us with. I have this Peterson 2009 edition. Uh, they at Peterson every year does a does a you know their year edition right uh, tobacco, and this is a 2009 edition that I got in 2009 and have put away. And uh, you know when you store this stuff, it mellows out just like a cigar or anything else. You know, it, it ages over time. really yeah, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them, if they're if they've got a lot of uh, sugars in the tobacco you'll see them actually uh crystals the sugar crystals will start forming a little bit on the glass and even on the tobacco right bit. right but they get nice and mellow and uh nice and full tasting at that point so i'm gonna put my mic down and start doing this all right while he does that i'm gonna tell you guys about chad ocho cinco johnson uh ocho cinco was a really productive uh, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, later played for the New England Patriots as well and a couple of other teams. Uh, he was on Dancing with the Stars, and he was on a show with uh, Terrell Owens on VH1 or one of those networks. It was the uh, uh, T.O. and Ocho show or Ocho and T.O. show, and uh, it was a whole reality show about their lives. Anyway, kind of an interesting personality and a really smart guy. Uh, but he was lecturing recently a guest lecturer at the University of Florida. The University of Florida has been a tobacco-free campus since 2010, but that didn't stop Ocho Cinco from lighting up during his guest lecture when he struck a match and lit a cigar while he was lecturing in the classroom. I love that. He's always uh, interesting to watch uh, on the Internet, by the way. His, uh, he does these little video segments. Uh, my favorite video of his is Dating Advice for Broke Dudes. 
uh, where he proclaims that McDonald's <laughs> is the answer. Uh, McDonald's? McDonald's is the answer, yeah. But uh, he was a guest speaker at the sports media class there. He lit and smoked a cigar during uh, his speech. The only thing we don't know is what cigar he smoked. So, that's right. That's uh, right. Unfortunately. But uh, I just thought that was an interesting little piece I of I wonder how the class felt. Cigar news. Apparently it went over very well from uh, the reports that I read. It's like everybody kind of thought it was interesting and different and nobody, you know, stood up and got, you know, college student outrage. Sometimes uh, delivery is what it's about. Well, I think you're right about that. Yeah. I, mean, I think you're <laughs> right about that. And from having seen him on television a time or two, he is a pretty funny guy. So I think uh, he probably knew, probably knew how to do this. Probably knew how to do the... Delivery appropriately. So, so I have right. uh, the tobacco prepped in your pipe right now. What you're about to smoke is a Missouri yes. Meerschaum uh, corn cob pipe, which you can buy right. at any given shop for, you know, five to twelve dollars, depending on the model. And right. and they come with a little filter that's in the stem. Usually, yeah. you just throw that out. That's oh, that's okay. Missouri Meerschaum saying, "Here, you throw it away." Uh, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> so just get rid of that because they, they seem like much more responsible. Uh, you know, people, right, they right. include we, we it, but they know that you're going to throw it away. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just throw so that now away. I noticed that in this corn cob pipe, which is, you know, I'd say probably inch and a half to two inches tall, mm-hmm. uh, that you filled it about half to three quarters of the way up. Yeah, is that well, right? One of the nice things about smoking a pipe is you can you smoke can for as little or as long as you want. So I right. just did a half, basically a half. Uh, and that'll tamp down slightly uh, as we light it okay. too, because it'll it'll compress a little bit. When I have a little pipe tamp, I'm going to show you how to do this as we go. Okay, that's so. Perfect. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to light my pipe, and you're going to give a blow by blow on exactly what I'm doing. All right, perfect. Okay, so couple things. I have my pipe lighter, I and just I'm using. I want to point a, out that he's using this really long, like English gentleman style pipe. It's called a church warden. He's pointing at me with the uh, with the stem of the pipe. So that's right. That's uh, what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the pipe of intimidation. <laughs> I love it. It totally works. <laughs> okay, so we got just a little while left in this segment, so let's let's get started on. So yeah, this I up. just want you to show, uh, just tell everybody what you're seeing while I light All this right, pipe. Okay, perfect. so uh, right. a couple things. I've got my pipe. I've got my lighter. Yeah, and I've got a tamp. Okay, uh, and the tamp is to tamp down the tobacco in the right. Pipe. Right. You. So All go right. ahead. All right. So he's uh, he's got the pipe in his mouth. Uh, the tobacco's in, and now he is applying flame. So he puts the lighter on, just kind of holds it just above, actually, the top of the opening of the corn cob pipe, and then he's inhaling, and you can see that the tobacco is starting to light. And so you probably heard the click there. That's about how long it took him to uh, get the tobacco lit. And now, now that it's lit, he's tamping it down, uh, and kind of tamping softly, by the way, not like mashing it, uh, not mashing it down. And now lighting again, lighting a second time. And that time only for just a moment after the tamping was done. So, uh, I and, found, and you just exhaled a pretty nice mouthful of smoke. Yes, and I've found that when I light tobacco like what you just saw, I do a I do a nice light with loose tobacco. Then I do a light tamp after it's lit, and then I do a secondary light. I find that my tobacco stays lit, and I can most of the time smoke a whole bowl without relighting if I tend it. Okay, so we have got to take a break at the end of this segment. When we come back, I'm going to light this one up, see how I do as a pipe novice. And uh, also we have uh, more to taste here. We have uh, Pilsner Urkel we'll be tasting on the show today because they are in the news. We'll tell you why, and we'll taste some Pilsner Urkel coming up next. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor, craft beer, uh, fine cigars, and craft spirits. You are listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It is craft beer, craft spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. 
my partner Ian Barry and, and pipes uh, today. And Pat uh, Pat Fant is uh, joining us. Uh, we're having a pipe show, and uh, so Ian's teaching me how to smoke a pipe because I've actually I've been a cigar guy for years, but never other than you know taking a few hits off a friend's pipes. You know, never actually smoked a pipe before. So well, you now have your very own pipe. And I'm going to hand you the tamp corn cob pipe. Yep. Right, and you also are going to have a. Zippo pipe lighter. Now, this is okay. a lighter that looks like a regular Zippo, except for when you look at where the flame comes out, there's comes a out hole the through it. The side. Yeah, yeah. So that you can lay it flat across the top of your pipe and draw it straight down into your pipe. And that helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, most of the time, up until a few years back, you wouldn't want to necessarily light your pipe with a, uh, with a Zippo because of the fluid taste. You'd have that fluid Right, you'd odor. have the lighter fluid taste, yes. But they changed the formula a few years back to be a low odor, so you get very little of that nowadays. Which oh, is so I now prefer the Zippo more than almost any other. When you're lighting a pipe. Yeah, but you can get, you have to use a soft flame. You don't want to use a cigar lighter because you will destroy like your pipe. The torch will uh, tear the pipe up. Yeah, yeah, you will destroy your pipe right. pretty quickly. So I'm going to walk you through this All now. right, so I'm going to put my mic down and you'll, uh, you'll and describe I'm babble on. how awkwardly I'm doing That's this. That's right. <laughs> I'm watching. You I'm stupid monitoring boy, this. you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> okay. So what you're going to do is take nice, long, even draws through your pipe with the, uh, with the lighter laid across the top of it. So you're just drawing that flame in nice and easy. Yeah, you're not trying to torch. You're just drawing it in nice and easy. Get some smoke going. Long, even, right. And once you get to where you think you have it lit... You're going to do a real gentle tamp on it while you're puffing. That's right. Getting there. Good smoke. Now do a gentle tamp. Don't forget to put the lighter out. Don't burn your hand. There you go. <laughs> you, with a Zippo, you get good at doing that one-handed, by the way. You just go. Boy, that's click. important. Yeah, that's right. So we're just tamping it down real gently, and that's going to bring the fire a little further in. And then we're going to do a light relight on the top of it. And then if you tend it like you do, generally a cigar, it'll stay lit for you. You know, 75% of the time. Unlike a cigar, though, when you relight your pipe, you generally, until you get to the very bottom of it, by the way, you generally don't get that harsh relight uh, penalty that you can on a cigar. So you can relight a pipe as many times until you get to the bottom of it as you want. Very interesting. Now, Ian, um, on when you smoke a cigar, sometimes you're sometimes you're not puffing quite so leisurely. Sometimes you're you know really taking big solid draws through the cigar in order to to get it to burn properly right. and to to really begin to experience the flavor the, with a pipe is it more is it more casual it is uh it is casual but at the same time you want to keep it lit so if you find that your fire's a little low you can put your fingers across the top of it if it's not too close to the top and you can carve it a little bit and and get the fire a little hotter or if it's smoking a little hot just Stand back and let it burn a little bit. Now, I would say that the first thing that I have to get used to um, I- as a cigar smoker is the lack of resistance when I draw. Right. It's, it's uh, almost With a cigar, you're used to having to draw with a certain amount of force right. in order to pull the, the uh, smoke through the cigar. Whereas with here, like it's just got a direct... Uh, Right. Direct path to you. So. Also, you are holding the stem of this cigar as or uh, this pipe as if it's a cigar. Yeah, that's right. Put your hand over the end of the bowl. Got it. And, got it. And one of the things that's very important to do when you're smoking a pipe, and you can point with this stem. Every time you take a puff, you have to have a very thoughtful expression on your oh, face. I see. Okay, so I need to you work on to that part. Like, of it. Yes. You have to look like you're in the middle of working something out. It does. It does have a sort of a professorly vibe to it. Yes, it does. It does. Huh? It does. There's, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of that that's <laughs> that's just built into smoking a pipe. Okay, so let me let me try this. I'm going to take a couple of 
puffs and then try to say something that looks like I've was contemplating. All right. All right. Okay, so let me try this. Just Waiting look. for it. Waiting for it. I think it's going to go now. Ringo Starr is an underrated drummer. Good job. Did that work? Yeah. See, pipe smoking has this effect yeah, on people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I felt a little more did intelligent you, did you feel there. It? Yeah. I felt like I was really sharing something that people needed to pay attention right. to. And the more you smoke a pipe, the you know? more you won't have to force that. It'll just be natural. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Good. Good. So. So this is very different from, I have to say, from the cigar experience, though. There's a little it's more a tending whole, to it. Yeah, you know, yeah, A cigar, right. generally, you light it and you go. A pipe, sometimes you have to relight. There's the whole ceremony of filling your pipe. And then, and one of the nice things, though, is, is you don't have to fill your pipe all the way. You can fill it a part of the way and have a small smoke. You can fill it all the way up and have a long smoke. Depends on how much time you have available. Would you say there's more ritual to the, cigar, uh, to the pipe lighting and smoking experience? Than there is to cigars. Yes, well, it's a much older, uh, right, older form of smoking, I think, too, because you know you just toss some tobacco in there and go with it. So, <laughs> yeah, Gandalf, Gandalf had, had a pipe, pipe. <laughs> and it looked very much like the one you're smoking now, actually. Right. So the uh, church warden, the idea of the church warden, by the way, the church warden pipe is the one that has the very long stem to it, and the idea is that the pipe uh, allows the smoke to be cooler by the time it reaches you, and therefore very you get true, better yeah. flavor. Now, I will say, from a flavor standpoint, this comes across much milder than most cigars that I smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. very nice flavor. Now, uh, keep in mind, I did choose a mild, uh, a milder mm -hmm. uh, pipe tobacco for you to try for the first time. Mm -hmm. There are more, and there are some that, um, some that, are, uh, that are so, like, nicotine hit and so heavy that, right. I, you know, I shy away from those because it's too much for me. But. Interesting, because you'll smoke a big full cigar. Right, and I love big full cigars, but when it comes to a pipe, I don't like it to be quite that heavy of a flavor. Some of the Orientals are like that. Virginia tobaccos in general, Virginia tobaccos are the ones that give you that kind of cigarette-y kind of taste to them. Whereas the Burleys and the uh, Cavendish give you those sweeter flavors mm -hmm. overall. Mm -hmm. Now, Pat, you've been smoking a pipe for quite a few years, right? Quite a few years. When yes. did you? Wh what got you started on the whole pipe thing? Well, when I was four <laughs> in Galveston, I was one of uh, many of the children on the block that were, you know, given pipes for their uh, fourth birthday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that was just Galveston, and it's um, it's, it's a part of the in a different part place. of the culture. You know, you kids go on down to the South Jetties and. Do some crabbing, and here's your pipe. Um, I think it was the, um, I think it was my Irish grandfather, actually, Jeff Kearney, who was a longshoreman, as it turns out. And he was a pipe guy. He was a pipe guy. He had his big blue can of Granger tobacco with the dog on the side. The picture <laughs> of the picture of a dog, not an actual dog. Not an actual dog, yes. But a picture of a dog. And so I would go. Uh, Grandpa, can I have a, a sip of your beer and a drag on that pipe <laughs> you've got there? And, um, you know, I started to realize that's for me. It's like Rabbit de la Zour. I knew that's for me. And this was uh, it's part of the Galveston, Texas sort of offshore uh, feel of everything. And, um, and then as I got more sophisticated when I was, you know, 12, and uh, off to college, I, I realized that uh, a good pipe was, uh, w was, was really uh, something that 
made for great conversation on dates. And that was so interesting because I was the, uh, I was probably the only uh, high school, you know, fellow that the girls would go out with that smoked a pipe at, oh, at uh, see, you know, yeah. high school. And they just didn't know what to make of me <laughs> to begin with. And still but don't. In but particular, yeah. yeah, because, you know, you present with this sort of pipe montage and um, they they just don't know what to make of you you know so oh, that's good it was so totally. fun so i guess what i'm suggesting is uh start early and uh <laughs> and you'll find that the girls won't know what to make of you and uh you can use this in your methods that works yes it works I dating like advice it. dating advice from pipe smoking man and see because he's smoking the pipe I take his dating advice very seriously. It, it looks for oh, real. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really does. That's right. It really works. Right. It does. I can't get a date today, <laughs> but <laughs> if, you know, but but I owe it all to uh, that that first big bowl, you know. Now, it wasn't probably a great pipe, nor was it a great tobacco, but at the moment, it didn't really matter. Mm. Now, it matters more because if I'm going to smoke a pipe, I want to make sure that what I'm smoking in it is worth my time and right. is worth smoking. I agree. Because if I'm not going to smoke a great tobacco, then I'm going to wait. And I, then I understand that. Someone yes. will show up at the house later with some great tobacco, and then I'll smoke. And it'll probably be Ian. So <laughs> That's what I'm counting on. I'm always on. good for that. When my humidor gets too uh, raggedy looking down at the bottom, I'm like, I need to invite Ian over. Maybe he'll bring <laughs> something good, you know? Uh, so... Uh, real quick, because we're running out of time in this segment, uh, but we want to uh, we want to talk Pilsner Urquell. Anheuser Busch InBev has agreed to sell a number of brands, including Pilsner Urquell, to um, Asahi, the German. Uh, I'm sorry, not the German, but the uh, Japanese beer company. Uh, and these guys, now I love Asahi beer. I have always liked Pilsner Urquell, but it's been a while since I've tasted one. So I thought we would do a little Pilsner Urquell tasting here on the show. And uh, and talk about the fact that they are going to be, you know, on their way to Japan. Many Japanese firms uh, are on the lookout for opportunities to buy firms outside of Japan because domestic conditions in Japan, including deflation and weak consumer spending and falling population, are making it an increasingly hard place to make profits. So Asahi is looking beyond the borders of Japan, and now they have purchased Pilsner or Kell. And uh, Ian, what's your, t- obviously you've had Pilsner before, what's your... I'm actually quite familiar with it. Pilsner yeah. or Kell is, uh, it's one of those, um, it's one of those big company uh, beers, macro right. beers, if you will, but mm-hmm. it's always been a little bit of a go-to uh, for me if, if first off, I want something a little on the lighter side that still has flavor, right. but I don't want to drink the main... The mainstream big right, air quote sure. light beers, you right, know. Right. So I've actually enjoyed this many times over the year, and I think it's a good example of a pilsner. It's yeah, a, I I really like pilsner Kell, and it's 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 one of those things. If you're at a party and you're looking in the cooler, yeah. and it looks like mostly really really mainstream bills beers, but you see a pilsner or Kell, it's like oh, I will have that. Yeah, you know? and it's it's a light, uh, crisp uh, pilsner. It's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bitterness on the end, and mm-hmm. it's a good beer. Yeah. All right. Very good. We'll uh, continue tasting this into the next segment. Plus, uh, we have some Hennessy Black that we'll be tasting, and Ian brings us more um, more pipe tobacco. We'll uh, we'll talk pipes again. This is Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Welcome back, my esteemed colleagues. 
to sip, smoke, and say more. You uh, notice? I, I feel that some, when I smoke a pipe, that my, you know, m- my elocution should be there. of a higher order. Yes, than, yes. Uh, so we, there's where to fours and whomsoever's have been happening since we started <laughs> smoking pipes. It's it's really wonderful watching you with it. Ian is smoking this pipe, and we will definitely post a picture of this on the Facebook page. But he's smoking a pipe that's got this big, long Gandalf shape to it. And it really does make you look professorly. It really does. I, you know, I rely on that. I rely on that. A, a bit of chicanery on my part. See, there's those big words again. I can't stop myself. Well, it's it's the way things go when you start smoking a pipe. <laughs> well, this is interesting. Now, as a cigar smoker, the thing that I will have to get used to is the amount of tending that you have to do. Yes. You definitely have to mess with it more. You know, uh, but but it's uh, but it's enjoyable in a very different way from. A cigar. It's a busy hands kind of thing, yeah, too. Yeah, when, you know. and, you know, busy hands are definitely a good thing, you know, for me. Uh, it keeps me out of trouble. So uh, we were tasting the Pilsner Urquell and uh, really enjoying it. I thought that uh, uh, it was interesting. I had not had one in a while, and it's interesting to see that I, I feel like they've kept the quality level up on it. Now it will be interesting to see as it passes on to Asahi, will they... Um, Will they maintain the quality level? Would it even potentially get better? You would hope that they can just kind of leave it the same and let it do its thing. Yeah, it's been a great-selling beer for its yeah, entire life. Yeah, I think life. it has sold really well for a long time. So um, so we are also going to taste now a, uh, a cognac. We've never done a cognac on the show before. We never have done a cognac, and it's funny that you decided to do a cognac because yes. one of the things I like to do yes. when I maintain my pipes yes. is, is that I cognac? use cognac... Not only to drink, but to clean my pipes. Oh, really? Now, how do you how do you clean a pipe with cognac? So, what I have here, you got pipe cleaners. Yeah. Are Tom and Jerry cleaners? There's different companies that make these, and I have two different styles. This is what I call a scrubby. That this one's got kind of a harsh folks. texture. Right, right. Yeah, that's right? A, that's a rougher one. Yes. Yeah, it's rough, so you can get in there and really uh, kind of scrub out all the. Uh, pipe and everything. This is what I call. Oh, this is much softer. Yeah, these yes. are softy, uh, softer yeah, ones. So for a pleasant smoke, it says. Right, and so what I do is I'll go in with my, I'll, I'll pour myself a little glass of cognac. Sometimes I use whiskey. It just depends on how I'm feeling, but I, I do have actually a bottle of cognac specifically for this, and it's good cognac too because I always have to drink some while I'm doing this. Don't drink the one you use for cleaning your pipe because. And then you get tobacco in it and stuff. But anyway, so Don't I drink the exact I one. <laughs> you can pour yourself some <laughs> right, right. from the pour same bottle. Outside. But but, pour but um, for the yeah, bottle so I put some pipe. in a glass and I use my little scrubby cleaner and I take my uh, pipe apart. That involves uh, pulling the stem from the stummel. Now, if you can visualize a pipe, okay, you have the bowl. That's the part usually you hold on to with your hand. And then you have the stummel, which is the part of the stem that sticks out from the bowl. And then you have the stem itself, which is the part that pushes into the stummel. And you separate those usually by simply twisting. And I'll run uh, one of the scrubby cleaners through the pipe, basically, through the stem itself. And then I'll re-dip it into the, into the cognac or whiskey. And I'll run it through the, uh, the stummel into the pipe. And then I'll take it. Yeah. And then so I'll take it and I'll swipe the whole bowl with it and kind of clean out uh, the bowl the same way. So this is sort of like uh, the, the whole concept behind how the oak barrels or the cognac barrels will... Uh, will uh, lend certain flavors to Absolutely. other uh, liquors that are stored in them. Absolutely. Right? So you're, and you know, they sell pipe sweeteners. Oh yeah. That that are made for exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, if you're not a drinking person, then that's a great thing for you because then you don't have to have you know all that pesky cognac and whiskey in your house. But 
<laughs> Since I do keep that stuff around, I just use that as my cleaner. And it's a little more expensive cleaner, I guess, when you look at it that way. But um, but, but it does add, yeah, yeah, it adds a delicious sweetness to your smoke. And uh, what you do is after you clean it out with the scrubby pipe mm-hmm. cleaner, you then go back. I follow it up with the uh, with the absorby pipe cleaner. Right. But I don't dip the absorby one. I just run it through there and get just out anything else that yep. comes through till it comes out mostly clean. And then that's, I'll let the... That's not absorbing junior. <laughs> no. No, no, that's different. That's, that's different. <laughs> that's different. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then I set the parts down and let them dry for, okay. you know, for an hour or so. And then I'll put my pipes together, and by the next day, they taste great. There's no more bitterness. Right. Because sometimes if you don't clean your pipe, you'll end up with a little bit of bitterness Bitter in the flavor, flavor yeah. and uh-huh. things like that because uh, because those uh, you know, the tobacco and the nicotine and everything build up in the... Uh, in right. the pipe and it gets so, old and right. stale and yeah sure. right so you want to clean them out once in a while and they'll last forever that way it'll last for years and years I and years it. you know i love it so we're going to taste a little cognac here and i brought us a uh, a bottle of hennessy black and i don't know uh, nearly as much about cognacs as i know about uh some other spirits although i know i have tasted some that i love um but the black is definitely the cut above for the uh Hennessy uh, cognac, so it's not. Now you can go out and spend a hundred, hundred fifty dollars on a bottle of cognac. This right. is not that expensive. Uh, I want to say this was in the fifty dollar range, uh, so it's not the cheapest you can get, but it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely sort of the uh, the first level of premium, I guess. Right, yeah. and uh, that's about the level of the cognac that I have at the house uh, specifically for this, which I'm very close to being out, so I might have to go <laughs> replenish that at some point in time. Well, let's see how you like the Hennessy. It Black, has a then. very uh, like you can always tell cognac because it has a very wine kind of smell to mm-hmm. it. You can taste, you can smell that grape uh, right off the bat. It does feel like it marries well with the cigar tobacco, uh, the yeah. pipe tobacco. Yeah, right, yeah, so yeah. With the pipe tobacco. Yes, yes. Hmm. But it's just got a really nice flavor. It actually goes really well with the particular tobacco we're uh, smoking right now, which, by the way, is Esoterica's Stonehaven. Oh, this is the one that you said was rather rare. This is, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, rare it might not be the right word, but it's a little harder to get. You mm-hmm. know, my local shop calls me whenever they have it in so I can come by and pick one up. And if I don't come up by within a week, they just sell it because obviously I didn't want it that much. So I try to make it by there and pick up a, a, a bag of it every chance uh every chance i get but it's about once every year maybe once every two years when they release it um, in as somebody that is both a cigar smoker and a pipe smoker would you say that pipe smokers are they as like hardcore are they as avid about the uh, about the hobby about the pastime as cigar guys are or is it a more casual thing i would say uh actually pipe smokers are a little more uh crazy about it. about the yeah. whole about, about the, the kind of pipes and the you know kind of pipe, yeah like my brother is that person my older brother hmm. he uh has specific pipes for specific kinds of tobaccos oh wow uh that's pretty hardcore right right so if he's smoking an english blend he has a specific set of pipes that he uses for that or if he's smoking a uh, aromatic he doesn't like the aromatics quite as much as i do but he likes the or- oriental and the english blends a lot more interesting and, um, and uh, and so he has different pipes that he likes his different tobaccos in, and he can really tell the difference right. in and the flavor. I'm gonna from those I'm gonna smokes. throw something funny out there. You can go right up to uh, Walgreens or your local grocery store and pick up uh, pick up pipe tobacco there. That's fantastic. Really? Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, it's not sort of like cigars. Like cigars, you need to go to a cigar shop. You don't right, wanna, right. You don't want to buy your cigars at the corner drugstore because those are the cheap machine. Right. Yeah. But you can go right up to the right up to the corner store and get Carter Hall. 
which is a pretty darn good tobacco. And a lot of people snub their nose and be like, well, it doesn't come in a tin and you don't have to go to a tobacco shop to get it. But the truth is they've been selling that for years for a reason. It's actually a pretty good tobacco. And that's um, those of you who are familiar with me on this show know my lawnmower grade cigars, which I enjoy, but they're, you know, great for smoking while you're mowing the lawn, whatever else. That's to me, that's your lawnmower grade tobacco. It's a good everyday kick it around. You don't have to worry about it. If you, if you, don't get a chance to smoke at all you can dump it out it's not you're not worried about it um whereas some of the ones we're smoking today like the malt house or the uh the stonehaven um they're a more a little more like having a premium cigar right you know right. uh where you sit down and you enjoy the flavor of it and you really take your time with it versus oh i'm just you know having a smoke right now it's really interesting i think that um i can tell the difference between this tobacco and the first tobacco right. that, that we smoked. But I would say the differences are subtle. I, and maybe it's because I'm more used to cigars. But generally, if you handed me one cigar and I smoked that, and then you handed me another one that was a completely different you know, vibe and, and flavor, I, I feel like I could tell the difference more specifically. Is that just because I'm still, you know... I've still only smoked a couple. A pipe yeah, a couple you of times haven't there? quite. You haven't quite learned it yet. Um, now, both of the tobaccos that you've had today are in the same wheelhouse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They're both aromatics. Uh, they both have um, a lot of Cavendish in it, which gives you a lot of that vanilla and sugary and sweet mm-hmm. flavor in there, which I really love. That and also the room note on both of these is fantastic. Uh, notice no one out there is complaining about how this smells. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> So this is kind of like having two cigars of very similar styles and being able to tell the different flavors. But if you're not a cigar smoker, they're both good. But, you know. And that's referred to as the room note, how, how people in the, the room, room note. The room note, yes. Yes. Okay, good. good Look good at enough. you. Uh, see, I'm, lear- <laughs> so I'm learning these, uh, learning these uh, pipe things. Well, well, some of it is similar to cigar stuff. Right. You, you, would, you would expect. Uh, but some of it is a little different, right? And 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 it's very few cigars that have a fantastic room note, right? You know, there are I mean, a few, even a great cigar still smells like a cigar, right? Um, which is why we mostly smoke outside. But tobaccos, like pipe tobaccos, can have a very pleasant room note. And most of the time, when I'm smoking these tobaccos, people will go out of the way or walk up and go, "What are you smoking? That smells so good!" Or wow. that reminds me of my father, or you know, something right, like right, that. Right. Now, one of the reasons we wanted to do cigars today, this really works. I mean, we're doing this outdoors. We're on the back patio of the Monkey Duck in uh, Houston. And it is very, um, you know, it's very cool. It's not, it's fortunately not cold, but it's very cool. And this just feels perfect for that kind of weather, for that, you know, it's almost Christmas kind of a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and I, would, I would suspect you probably smoke pipes a lot more in the winter than I do. That's, that's my time. I go sit out back and I light my chimney and I sit between my chimney nice. and my patio heater, <laughs> and I got them both cranked, and I'll sit out there and you know, well, smoke my pipes. Next week, it will be in the studio next week, and next week will be our Sip, Smoke, and Savor Christmas party show. We are going to be inviting a lot of different special guests to come and join us for the party, and so they'll hopefully have some uh, time on the mic um, to, to hang with us. And we will be tasting well over a dozen Christmas and winter beers and ales, so... We're really looking forward to next week's show. It's and it's really going to be a party. It's going to be a serious, serious party. So uh, the Sip, Smoke, and Savor Christmas party, join us for it. That will be show number 24 coming up uh, next week. All right, we're going to take a break. My name is Cruz. Uh, Ian Barry is my partner. Pat Fant is here smoking his. What kind of pipe is that that, that you have, uh, Pat? That's a. Uh, Cruz, I am so glad you asked. This is a um, briar. 
It's a briar, okay. Pipe. <laughs> and, Ian, maybe you can tell me, do you see the mark, the maker's mark, the, mark, the imprint? The mark of the briar. It's the uh, leaf the leaf imprint on the briar pipe. What does what does that signify? Well, I tell you that's what, a you know, Ian's going to look that over. We'll uh, we'll reveal the pipe when we come yeah, back. Yeah, we'll next reveal segment. the pipe when we come it back. It is uh, Sip, Smoke, and Saber on Radio Brave. Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Saber. It's craft beer, craft cigars, and craft spirits. They're not all craft, but uh, anyway, we're talking about pipes today. Uh, and it's a special Pipe 101 show. And Ian is our resident pipe expert. I'm really smoking a pipe for the first time today and enjoying it, by the way. That's pretty good. I appreciate that you uh, brought me one of these Meerschaum uh, corncob pipes, which you said these are not expensive at all. No, the Missouri so Meerschaum pipe, the yeah. introductory smoker, right? Well, a lot of times, too, uh, I'm geeky enough to where I keep a few of those around the house for two reasons. One is if I buy a tobacco that I don't know. I'll try it always first in a Missouri Meerschaum pipe. Really? That way, Why is that? Well, because some tobaccos will ghost your pipe. Oh. And what happens is um, uh, if, if your pipe is ghosted, then no matter what tobacco you put in there, it's going to taste kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You know, It just kind of leaves its flavor in there, so to speak. That's what ghosting is. And that's sometimes pleasant and sometimes not. There's a pipe tobacco, uh, I think it's by Dan Tobacco's, called Devil's Holiday. Smells amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wonderful for about one pipe full, but you can never get it out of your pipe. I have one pipe that I actually have quit smoking because it just smells like that only, wow. no matter what I put in there. I will also warn you that uh, just Googling ghost your pipe may take you to some sites that you don't want on your work search history. Noted. So, so, uh, so, so that's good, good, to, good to know. Noted. No, that, that really sounds more like a band name. Like, so, dude, I saw Ghost of the Pipe in San Francisco. They were awesome. <laughs> so I wanted to bring up a couple things. So the, the Mysterious Pipe, by the way. Oh, Pat's Mysterious Pipe. Pat's we Mysterious Pipe. Yes. We looked at the maker's mark it's on the bottom. It says, pipe. It says R. Wiley 04, which means it was probably made in 04. Sure. And it says Handmade USA, and then it has a 55 underneath it, which I'm assuming would be the model. And it's also a sitter. It has a flat spot on it, and it's it balanced, does. so yeah. you can actually so you can just actually set sit it down, it down without having to have, a, having uh, to have a, little, a pipe holder. Uh, oh, pipe interesting. Holder. Yes, I'll that's tell you, very interesting. The uh, flat bottom sitter uh, model is what I really had to go for because <laughs> I knew there were would be moments when uh, I wouldn't be able to right, sit it up right, 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 and it, it would fall over. Right, and it's a big enough pipe to where you can't hang it in your mouth too long because right, right, right. otherwise you need jaws of steel to do that. Jaws so of steel. So the other thing right. I want to talk about is uh, we opened this cognac and immediately started talking about how well it went with pipes and then started talking about pipes more. Well, yeah, I am loving delicious. this <laughs> cognac. really good. This is Hennessy Black. And it goes great with the pipe tobacco. Uh, it is so good. really a delicious uh, cognac, distinctively smooth, it says on the bottle. It is very smooth. It's 43% alcohol uh, by volume. And it is produced, of course, in Cognac, France. It's got a so. really nice amount of heat. And what's weird about this particular one is the heat happens right up front a little bit and then goes away in the middle and then comes back a little bit on the tail end of it. But it's not an unpleasant heat. It's not a harsh uh, taste at all. It's very smooth overall. Now, it says on the bottle that it's also good as a mixer. This is so, oh, man, this is so delicious. I don't know if I would use this as a mixer. Like, what would you mix this with? I don't know what you miss, uh, what, what drinks use uh, Cognac. Uh, wow. I've never asked for a cognac and Sprite before. Pat, your take on the cognac? Do you like this? Well, uh, you know, I always go back to girls. Yeah. And what I would say is go home with a bottle of this. <laughs> Surprise your wife, girlfriend, significant other, and say, you know, 
I just want to show you something. I went out and bought a bottle of Hennessy Black. Yeah. Here's a glass of that, and here's your new pipe. Right. <laughs> That's right. Here's your new pipe. You know, nobody's watching. Go ahead. This give is it the a good try. life. Right. I would say, I would say, take home a bottle of the Hennessy Black and the new John Legend album, and you're so you're, you're, you're kind of yes. somewhere. You're, you're so sad, sad dude. Right? Yeah. You're, you're so I mean, sad. That's yes. the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not the whole point, but but, but it's certainly an important point that we don't. Yeah, you don't want to miss out. Uh, what on a that. surprise! That's too awesome. That's what for a sure. Um, so this is this is actually really good, and um, I don't drink cognac often enough to be able to really make a point of how it compares to the regular Hennessy. But this is definitely the sort of step up from the regular. Right. Hennessy, this one's very smooth. It's very nice. Yes, yes, it really is. And very I just nice. And, more. I, and I don't have a whole lot of cognac experience myself. We might have to. See if Hennessy will come. Uh, give us a few bottles and, uh, and show us and, what it's and all show about. Us how to, show us how to properly sample it. That's right. As you've shown us with pipes today, if Hennessy right. wants to come and show us how to properly sa- just, sample the cognac. Just so you know, I don't know if we'll have time to get to it, but I did bring a selection of my pipes, and I'll post some pictures a little bit later. But uh, I brought quite a few pipes in just to, just to show you. Good. So, and, and, and I want to talk about that in a moment. While we're mentioning cognac being something we're less familiar with, I will admit that I'm less familiar with gin. Now, I know Pat is a gin uh, drinker, but uh, we have already lined up uh, your buddy from the Foley family uh, to come in and talk gin with us in January. Ralph. He's going to be Ralph will be on the show. They have some really really good gin, and total gin volume has been struggling for the past couple of decades in terms of sales and consumption. But that category has stemmed its losses this year. With the impact coming from the really high-end, ultra-premium gins, which huh. are kind of like the new, sort of like the new big thing. So just like we'll drink the really ultra-premium tequilas and right. rums and uh, and uh, uh, whiskeys, uh, this category in gin is really beginning to take off. So I'm anxious to do some real premium gin sampling uh, when uh, when he comes on the show and, and really really learn more about gin because I don't know that much about it. I know how to make it really cold and put it in a glass that's hard to walk with. <laughs> and that'll be another thing to do. I think we should do a show where we put gin martinis versus vodka martinis oh, yeah. and see yeah. who uh, see who emerges victorious. Maybe we'll have to have a, a tasting panel for this that. This is such a you tough know? job. It is. It's a tough job, but somebody's <laughs> got to do it. So for today's tough job, you brought in a selection of pipes. Now, obviously, you're not going to smoke all of these today, but... Tell me a little bit about what these different pipes are and why they're significant. Well, I wanted to let you in a little bit on, you asked earlier, are cigar smokers more adamant about their uh, a cigar smoker yeah, than pipe smokers? Yeah, they're crazier about it or pipe smokers crazy? Well, this is a small sample of the amount of pipes that I have. And they're, um, a small sample. <laughs> so I had to winnow through them to <laughs> figure out which ones to bring that I thought were the coolest. Um, but uh, I have quite a few here, uh, including some older ones. Like these are from the fifties. This one here is a K Woody that my brother gave me, and he found it new old stock. This was this was fresh in the box when I got it from the fifties. This is a Stonehaven from about the same era. Now this that's is, a really small one. What are the uh, advantages was, to the smaller pipe? Like this that? was an English pipe made uh, so that it was made in. In an affordable kind of way, this was the working man's affordable pipe mm-hmm. because you had choices. You had uh, Dunhill, right? And we probably owe him fifty bucks just for saying that name. I believe so, their yes. stuff is very expensive, um, nice, very expensive. Um, but this was made in this shape. This is a very small, short pipe. This was made so you could just put it in your shirt pocket and go. 
You know, and that's, that's why it's that's so small. exactly it's what it's for. A, a total on the go pipe. Right. right. Another interesting one I have is my uh, Peterson Army pipe. These were popular, and it's called an Army pipe because these were popular with the Army because. You know, you have to worry about if you're going to pack something like a pipe, think about the logistics of packing it or putting it in your pocket. It's going to break. But this army pipe pops into two pieces really easy, and you can put those two pieces in your pocket. You don't and have to worry about it breaking. Because they're separate. That's yes, right. Got it, That's got right. It. So I actually have two models of the uh, Peterson Army that I brought, and they're both really pretty pipes, you know. And then you have this big, gorgeous one. What is that one? Um, this uh, is a Nording Freehand. Uh, Eric Nording is a pipe maker and this is literally he took a block of briar and decided that it should just look like this it's a very rough hewn kind of thing mine so, is so that would be semi rusticated that would be bottom. a completely unique thing there's no other pipe yes, exactly there's, like there's that no one right two like this this is a block of briar he did it when you when you see this on the website and you go i want that pipe you get that one and there's no two that are exactly the same so you might find something similar but not right. the same. And yeah. this was one of the nude ones that um, it had no finish on it except for on the bottom it had a little rustication. So this was a nude pipe. And as you can see, it's darkened from just my hand oils and from smoking it over the years, which gives it a great patina. It looks so fun and cool. Now, we are um, in our final segment here, and I want to continue to talk about pipes, but I think we should taste our final beer. Oh, I'm down with that. As well. And I... Brought this kind of to surprise you, only to discover that it's one you drink all the time. So uh, I don't know whether that's a, a good surprise or uh, uh, not as good of a surprise. But uh, what I brought is the <laughs> the um, Brother Thelonious. Yes, yes, Brother Thelonious, made by North Coast Brewing. This I discovered this probably ten years ago. Really? Um, and I bought it because it said Brother Thelonious. It has a picture of Thelonious Monk on the front. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> For some reason. Oh. <laughs> For he's, some reason, he looks like it's, a monk. it's his head superimposed over a, over a monk's body, I guess, and yeah. then he's got a halo of piano keys around him. And you uh, mentioned that he wasn't actually a monk; that was just his name. No, that was just his name. That's right. <laughs> he was a brilliant piano player. Um, but I bought it specifically for the label years ago, and this is an amazing and delicious beer. I'm going to pour us some. So right. this is very good. So, so now this is a Belgian Abbey ale. Uh, so it's going to have. You know, kind of your distinctive uh, Belgian Abbey sort of flavors to it. I'm assuming it's unfiltered, correct? And it is, holy moly, 9.4% alcohol by volume. So that Hello. that's high for any beer. Hello. You know, I actually drank a bomber of this before I ever read that. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I bet you were fun to hang out with that night. Oh. Uh, well, Ian is pouring it. I'm going to take the first sort of sniff of this, and I can tell you... Oh, yeah. Now, this, you know, if you're familiar with, you know, the Belgian Abbey Ales or with like a Chimay or something like that, you'll be familiar with this aroma that that it gives off, that sort of spicy, um, uh, unfiltered sort of uh, fruity. Uh, fruity ale. Very yes. fruity, mm-hmm. yes. Very, very, very fruity. Sorry, I'm I'm smelling my mic and talking into my cup at this point. <laughs> well, now, well, will you have some more of this? Now, wait. Now, now, now this is Brother... Brother Thelonious. Thelonious. Mm-hmm. It comes in the large, oversized, yep. size they actually just started we call it a putting bomber. this. They just a started bomber. putting this in regular size bottles. You can buy oh, it in a four pack. Wonderful. Now. Yeah, it's, a, it's uh, delicious. Big, fruity, wonderful Belgian is style. This ale. not the time of year when you oh, show up to a Christmas party? Yeah, and you go. You know, I've brought something I'd like everyone to try. Mm. 
Wow. Well, this is certainly the type of thing that would make you a hit at the Christmas party. I can guarantee you that. So, uh, it's certainly going to be a hit uh, for us, and we're actually out of time. So, it's been a uh, it's been a fun show. I want to thank Ian for uh, being the the pipe master here, uh, for being the guy that that really uh, really got us on the right path uh, with the pipes. Pat, thank you for. Uh, being on the show, and please come oh, back. Thanks for having me. Please come back next week for the Christmas party because it's going to be a lot of fun. Over a dozen Christmas and winter beers and ales on next week's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, cheers. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Ra- Ra- Radio Brave.